Happy Thursday, my darling pop culture junkies. It's Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays, and I'm your host, Brooke Hammerlin. Pop Culture Mondays on Thursdays. Hello, guys. It's little old me again. I could honestly tell you that I had a great guest and they couldn't do it today and we've scrambled, but it's, it's not, it's because I've literally, I I have a real job, uh, theoretically and, um, my clients take priority. It's been a really busy couple days, but I have not left my house in 48 hours. I have been on conference calls, for example, today. If you were to look at my Outlook calendar, and yes, I have an Outlook calendar and a Google calendar, it's all a nightmare. But if you guys looked at my calendar, it was a call 7 a.m. I had one at 8 a.m., 9 a.m., 10, 11, 12, 1, 2, 3, 3 30. And then I had a quick call at 4.30 and now it's Tuesday and it's 5.20 and here we are. So it's Thursday, your time, but we're in the time machine. So just so you know, we're recording it now. I had to literally take a call, like a Zoom and put camera off while I was downstairs, like putting food in my mouth at some point this afternoon. And they're like, oh, Brooke, you're off camera. And I was like, sorry, I'll be right there. But it was because I was scarfing down a little chicken salad. We do what we got to do, guys. We do what we got to do. But this is a pop culture podcast. It's not a how do I work podcast, though I will go on any podcast. Anybody who wants me as a guest, invite me. I love it. I obviously like to talk. But we do have a few great guests coming up that uh, I'm just working on scheduling. Some might be a TikTok, Instagram, best-selling author star. One might be a former rock star that I may or may not have dated for years. There's a bunch of people coming up, but also it's fun when it's just me because I don't know if you noticed, I can talk to a wall, which is what I'm doing, except David is also looking at me on the camera. Pop culture Mondays on Thursdays. Well, what is happening right now that's unfolding that will be all over the news, I'm sure, on Wednesday and by Thursday when you're listening to me, you will have heard it all. Um, But as I'm recording this, all of our socials are being filled with pictures from New York of the sky or texts from friends with the air quality report. New York is a war zone right now. Uh, Again, this is Tuesday in the time machine, but they have horrible, horrible air pollution that has, I guess, come from the wildfires of Canada, which is tragic. And to show the how intense the wildfires are, they've come and they have basically covered the sky in New York. And, and I don't even, I mean, I'm not exaggerating. My friend sent me the air quality report. And apparently, if air quality expert says anything over 150, it's stay inside weather. Like you do not breathe the air. It's like going out into Mars. You won't make it. And in New York right now, the air quality is at 155, which is considered extremely unhealthy and unsafe. So that's not awesome. I've been sitting here complaining about the weather in LA. It's a little cool and rainy, making for a very lush greenery here. But our air quality is pretty great considering, you know, what what is going on in New York. And the pictures are incredible. I mean, I saw Ben Stiller tweeted a photo and he's like the sky right now. And I thought, I thought he was in some like weird 
remote area that was like a really red sky and like a tiny little sun. You can hardly see anything, but no. And it's, it's really scary. It's New York city. So everyone, I, I hope listening to this, I don't know how fast that goes away. I hope it's gone and cleared by Thursday, but it's just the power of social, right? I mean, these things back in the day when I was a kid, we wouldn't have known about it until we opened up the paper the next day. But um, now we're all living it and experiencing it in this sort of unified experience. So I can empathize with my friends. I can, you know, tell everybody to stay safe. And um, it's really interesting to see, but it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of memes, obviously. People find um, humor in darkness and that's how we all sort of get by. So now you'll know if you guys are entering the river of consciousness at different times. And, you know, maybe on Thursday, if you're in London, you're like, I saw something on somebody's socials. I didn't know what it meant. That's what it is. Wildfires in Canada. Smoke is so bad. It's made its way down to New York and the city is, and I assume, uh, bordering areas of New York city and New Jersey, um, and probably Connecticut are, uh, under siege. So stay safe. Everyone, that's a pop culture weather related topic right there. So that's probably our future, though. I mean, really, the fact that it's not broken like 70 degrees, it's 60 something in LA and been cold and rainy for, you know, weeks upon weeks. This is all the climate change, guys. This is like we live in LA, people live in, it's like, or Seattle, New York, it's going to be like Mars. I mean, this is the new normal. We're just, these are not isolated events. These are all sort of heading to the next thing. So maybe Leonardo DiCaprio is right. And I will say I cannot get on board with the people criticizing environmentalists who fly private. I understand that it is not great, but there is offsetting carbon footprints and so forth. And there's a lot of other bad things that people do that they probably don't do because they're more environmentally conscious. So, you know, it's all, it's all sort of evens out in the wash as far as I'm concerned. But if you have a voice and you want to raise it to highlight the problems and injustices in the world, like all for it. I mean, I have more problems with Leonardo DiCaprio, like dating children than I do with him flying private and being an environmentalist, but that's neither here nor there. We are here to talk more pop culture with a, with a good sort of feeling to it. We're not going to talk about the end of the world doomsday. There are plenty of other podcasters doing that. But this week's newsletter was an interesting one because I took a proper week off, not a week off from work entirely, but just the week off from writing and podcasting. So while I missed all of you, it was a good sort of refresh for my brain. As much as I love writing and talking, it's, you know, good to take a beat. But I sort of was, you know, I always am taking notes. I, I my process, as many of you know, that I've talked about is just I, I basically find something, I see something that I think might gain more attention or more people start talking about or a trend. And I basically text myself and then I keep notes on my notes app and it's just by the week. And sometimes there'll be like 85 notes, but I'll write about 10 of them. You know, it sort of sees what, what really comes that Monday morning into my inspo, but no one big thing had happened. It was like a bunch of other things that happened. So I decided, and I have no rhyme or reason for how I write the newsletter. I literally sit down <laughs> my laptop at like 630 in the morning, already on my second cup of coffee. I've already walked the dog and I just start writing and it's sort of whatever, whatever I'm feeling in the moment. But this week I decided to sort of do a roundup, if you will, of what's been going on, mainly on TikTok, but some crossover, sort of the things that have popped up. And 
you know, I keep hearing from people like in different moments that like, oh my God, I saw that on my Instagram, but I didn't understand what it was. So thank you for clarifying. So I was going to talk a little bit about what my favorite things were. I'm also hearing that there is a real need for a like urban dictionary definition each week of different words. So I think this week I did dipped because we all say like, oh, I've dipped out. That's sort of a expression that has become that slang that even the normals and my gen is using like, oh yeah, Brooke dipped out, which means that like, as I wrote in my newsletter, it's a classic Brooke move, which I guess is, you know, dipped out is like an Irish goodbye. Like I'm out. Like Brooke was there. And then next thing I know, people went to get a drink and I've already left. I'm already back in my house in bed watching Law and Order SVU before anybody realizes it. So Brooke, Brooke dipped, but dipped now means, and I think it, you know, I, I can't tell you for sure the Genesis, but TikTok doesn't, algorithms don't like when you say things like killed, murdered, died. These are things that the algorithm doesn't like. So the crazy kids have come up with new terms like unalived, for example, is one of them, which generally means murdered or suicide. But another one is dipped, meaning they're like a sort of dark humor on somebody dying. So one of the trends... Oh God, it's with this song and it, a trend is sort of the sibling, where the siblings are. Some of it's with parents, but it will take an old photograph that is shows of your, you know, family. Maybe it's like around the Christmas tree, the four siblings in like the newborn to the 12 year old and the parents and like cute eighties look, all of that. And it'll have the same music and then it'll show pictures of where they are now. And in many cases, a lot of these families, it was like one or two of the siblings had died and they will show a tombstone or an urn and they'll be like, Brooke dipped 2018. Like, it's so crazy. And it really, I mean, and then, then and others are that they like really amazing kids in their success stories or like, you know, has a family and then it'll be one sibling who's in prison, like wanted for murder or killed people or whatever, like unalived people is what it'll say. So there is dark humor there. Um, but dipped was one of the words that I've defined. I know there are other words people have been asking me about like Riz and bet and like there's so many and I don't want to get into it today because it's something to talk about. So I'm going to actually write about it and be more thoughtful. But there are lots of like drip and riz and bet. And I'm going to let you guys think on it. You want to do your own research. We can talk about it next week. But just go into that. Find your own. This is an assignment. I am giving you guys assignments. There's different ways to use riz. There's like K riz. There's all these different things. Bet doesn't mean I'm going to bet on a horse. So you tell me what it means. And drip. I think we know what that means, but it's used being used more and more. I love this. This is like, you know, when I was a kid and I would say, oh, like, like all the time, by the way, my parents tried to get me to put a dollar or whatever money I had. I think it was quarters and then became a dollar in a cookie jar. We had my mom took the cookies out of my cookie monster cookie jar, which was an insult in and of itself to make the cookie jar where I had to put money every time I said like incorrectly. And I had a habit put like, especially as a teenager, I had long hair side part. I would flip my hair with my hands and be like, like, can I still say it? The cookie jar did not work. And I would say like, mom, you're like so embarrassing. Ugh. And the ugh and the like were the things that drove my mother and father totally batshit. And if I combined the like with the ugh, 
and the hair flip, it was to the point of my parents would have to take to their beds. Like I, I, no wonder my mom would buy cases of like screw to hop Chardonnay because I would do, I mean, she should make, should have made a song like, ugh, like hair flip, ugh, like hair flip. It's, it's got a real rhythm to it. So that cookie monster cookie jar, which I remember vividly would take like the head off the cookie monster. Um, and it used to be filled with beautiful, delicious, homemade Toll House chocolate chip cookies, uh, which I probably didn't need at that age. But instead, my mom did ultimately take them away and make me put money in that money jar. But unfortunately, it didn't work. I still say like, I still say, ugh, I still flip my hair. So those are the lessons. We're going to have definitions of words so you don't get frustrated with your kids or your colleagues and you can understand them. So that's going to be our discussion next week. I'm going to do a deep dive of like a whole list of words. If you guys have any words that you keep hearing and you want to have me talk about, tweet me. I'm at Brooke on Twitter, twitter.com slash at Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E. Or you can do the same thing on Instagram. I'm at Brooke, B-R-O-O-K-E on Instagram. Or, you know, most of you listening can figure out how to find me. So tell me, I want to hear the words that you guys are hearing more and more that are frustrating you or you don't know about or you are embarrassed about all of that fun stuff. The trend that I'm really interested in that happened, not a trend, a, a viral TikTok situation. What is interesting to me as somebody who works in tech and communications is sort of this crossover. So I talked about it in my newsletter. But for those of you who didn't read it or didn't didn't follow it, there is this influencer named Alex Earl. Alex, A-L-I-X, 22 years old. She just graduated from University of Miami, beautiful blonde, made for being a social media star. And I don't, you know, I don't want to get back into the genesis of everything Alex Earl, but my understanding is she sort of is one of the creators that's popularized the whole get ready with me on TikTok and the, you know, getting her dressed and going through with the outfit of the day. Now that's existed, of course, but certainly the get ready with me was something that became popular in the dawn of the YouTube star. So the YouTube creators were doing those things. And then it sort of went in its own place. TikTok came, TikTok was about dances, all of that. Then we had the creators sort of reinvent the wheel with the get ready with me, but in a TikTok format. And Alex sort of has a big following on both TikTok and Instagram. And she would constantly be communicating with her and constantly communicating with her audience about like everything, about what she's wearing, about the outfit of the day, about her friends and going out and everybody's along the ride with her and people quite, quite enjoy it. Most of my friends don't know who Alex Earl is. Most of my friends who have kids, specifically daughters, the ages of 12 on up know who Alex Earl is. So that should explain it to you. Alex Earl went on an epic, and I mean epic, graduation trip with like 10 of her friends to Europe. I mean, there is Italy, there's Greece, there's, it's a whole situation. My graduation trip from college was my mom and dad gave me like a coach round trip ticket to New Zealand because I was madly in love with a boy I'd met who lived in New Zealand and that my parents were like, have fun. I had no money. I had a backpack. I had a round trip coach seat, middle seat to New Zealand. I went there madly in love. I couldn't get out of there fast enough when I had fallen out of love. So times have changed. These girls have a much different, there was no villas in Positano. And this is where the story gets interesting. So the, we're following Alex and her friends, all beautiful blondes, like 
look like an entire sorority of girls on these trips. And they're doing exactly what you think, like going to clubs, dancing, drinking, hiking, all that stuff, getting ready to go to the beach. They arrive in Italy, in Naples, I think, where they're going to Positano. And Alex is like, bad news. We just found that the house we rented, the villa we rented was a scam and it doesn't exist. And we have literally nowhere to go. We're stranded in Italy. The house we were supposed to stay at doesn't exist. Our car service canceled. It's midnight. We literally don't know where to go. 11 girls stranded in Positano. The girls trip took a turn. Now, what's interesting here is that she doesn't call out the name of the company that she rented the villa from in the video, in the audio side. So your first thoughts would be, you know, Gen Z or whatever she is, Airbnb. That was my first thing. But I immediately went to the comments because that's what people do in TikTok. And in her comments, she said, thanks, booking.com, in sarcastically. So then you realize that this is a booking.com error. She did not say it. And this is a key thing, because I think if she had said booking.com, it may have spread more and booking.com people may have seen it at that point, but they didn't see it. And so it goes on where they then post where they stay in this like tiny little hotel room is like little beds and they're all, and then they're handling it certainly on camera with grace and humor, but whatnot. Now, what I anticipate happened is this. Some nobody at booking.com saw this there or if they did, nobody listened to the people that saw it. But I don't think anybody saw it because nobody's there is clearly clever enough to be paying attention to what's happening in the social media worlds around potential customers. And frankly, if I was booking.com and I knew that somebody like Alex Earl had used us, I would have been following that. I would have made sure my team knew. But regardless, so booking.com doesn't catch on to what's happened. But somebody at Airbnb did. And I envision it being like the young marketing intern in their European office who's watching it in real time, not like a delay because it's, you know, she's posting it on European time and sees that it's booking.com and forwards a TikTok to her bosses and was like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. And sure enough, TikTok delivered Airbnb an opportunity of a lifetime and Alex are all an opportunity of a lifetime because the next thing we know, Alex and her gaggle of beautiful friends are in what I can only say is the most spectacular villa. And I've been to Positano a lot to have a villa that is literally overlooking the town of Positano, the water, the whole thing. And it's not a villa. It was like a castle. It's like 10 bedrooms. There's a pool. There's a shot. I mean, the whole thing is insane. Our first villa in Italy was a scam. The house didn't exist. So Airbnb literally was like, hello, let me help you. How is this real life right now? We're literally in a castle. Then you have Alex Earl saying, oh, my God, thank you so much, Airbnb. This is amazing. This is incredible. And proceeds to do multiple videos, which I imagine with her following, she has millions upon millions upon millions of followers on TikTok and Instagram. So knowing what I know of these creators, what they charge for a, a sponsored post, which that theoretically would be if you're talking about a brand, they've paid you to talk about them, can be hundreds of thousands of dollars per post. And she's done like eight or nine of them at that point from the villa and mentioning Airbnb or whatnot. So 
say that, say that she charges 50 grand a post, right? Even if she charged 25 grand, you have multiple ones. That villa did not cost that much, like per night or per the three or four days that they gave it. So Airbnb comes out ahead on this. They look like they've saved the day to all of her followers. And the funniest thing is it was like three days after she posted the original video, booking.com pops up in the comments. Like, we're so sorry to hear this. Can we speak to you directly, Alex? And all of their followers just decimate, decimate booking.com. They're like a little late. Like, oh, you just waking up. Oh, you just saw this. Like, it's so funny. And props to Airbnb's team for figuring it out and jumping on it really quickly. And it really brings like a power of community to people. And part of me, I'm not going to lie, the cynic in me for ever so slightly second was like, was this a mastermind manipulation of like, you know, was Alex Earl in on this with Airbnb? But there's no way because like she could, she'd open herself up to liability with, with booking.com and all of that. But just, that just shows how cynical I can, I can still be. But I love that the power of this moment I'm celebrating these girls who are very privileged, no, no matter what, and an unbelievable experience in Positano, but it was very clever. I'm celebrating genius, like communications and marketing genius and props to everybody at Airbnb, but the, the decision makers, the original person who found it and realized that there was an opportunity there and for acting quickly, it's really, really clever. It's like, you know, back when the Peloton, which was Ryan Reynolds really, but when Peloton capitalized on that moment when Mr. Big died in Sex in the City. So, you know, when things happen that quickly, I just love them. I love them so much. So winner of the day is Airbnb. Loser of the day is booking.com. And I got to say, like, as an Gen Xer, I don't think I would book a villa on booking.com. I just wouldn't. Unless, of course, they want to sponsor my podcast and then I will definitely change my mind. But um, no, I just I'm an Airbnb girl or, or they say Verbo, but I refuse. It's VRBO. Verbo, which I, I just can't say. It's VRBO, which by the way, in case you guys didn't know, means vacation rental by owner, which was probably like some old dude who bought the longest URL known as possible, right? Vacation I can't even say it now, VR, vacationrentalbyowner.com. And so thankfully somebody was able to shorten that to VRBO. It is VRBO. I don't care what the ads are saying, Verbo. You're not getting me to say it. It's not happening. But that's where my brain goes. I'm an Airbnb person. I'm very good at selecting Airbnbs. It's like an entire science, you guys. I am very good at hacking travel stuff. Incredible. Like you, it's not, it's just, I don't know. It's a gift. But for me, Airbnbs, it's a science to it. You have to be really, really, really careful and you have to look in and you have to go with reviews, but you also have to track that the reviews, because you can see if the reviews are by somebody like the same person over and over. There's so many ways you have to have a bit of EQ to really figure it out. But I, if I might be an Airbnb, I'm a villa whisperer. If you guys are looking for a really good villa anywhere around the world and you need my two cents on it, my eyes send my way. It's another secret superpower of mine that is really um, valuable for a moment in time, but not really past that. Moving on, another thing that I really loved. Well, actually, no, you know, before I get into that, the next thing, interesting back to brands and social media, because our friend Space Karen earlier this week 
um, you know, because he's, he's invented Twitter. He, he invented Tesla. He didn't, he certainly turned Tesla into a great company, but he didn't start the company. He's now doing the same to Twitter as if he's invented Twitter with his bestie anti-vaxxer Jack Dorsey which I'm not even going to talk about because I just, I feel like the nausea coming up, like the bile is coming up to my throat and like, it's getting that weird heartburny feeling when I say these names. But, um, Elon, who, <laughs> when I spoke to him about Twitter, like two years ago, the way he described his Twitter usage was like an adolescent as he was so new to Twitter that he, that's why he was sort of he was, we'd all been on it for so long and he was just sort of getting into it like an adolescent sort of figuring it out. Well, here we are all these years later, he owns Twitter and he, <laughs> it's such like an okay boomer move, but he screen grabs a Twitter conversation between, I, I believe again, I may be wrong, my memory, but in my mind, my fantasy, it was like McDonald's Twitter with Axe the, the body spray. And I may be wrong, but those are the two brands that I think of right now. And they, um, communicated, they're like, you know, you know how we love, we've talked about it before when brands talk to each other on Twitter and he screen grabbed it and tweets it like, as if this has just started to happen under his, his guidance. He's like, this is such a great example of how brands use Twitter. Da, 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 da. So I like respond like, okay, dumbass. Like this has been going on since the like early days of Twitter. And in fact, it happened a lot more before you bought Twitter and now brands have disappeared or not as engaged in Twitter and so forth and so on. And then a lot of people sort of started saying the same thing. So Stakeums, steak um like steak um who's been really active on twitter and i thought back in the day they were going to fire their social media manager because they were getting in there they were getting in there on some things but nope they are continuing so i tweeted about i tweeted to elon about about the brand stuff kara swisher who i love and i is my best friend and my worst nightmare all at the same time. She, as do many of my prominent friends in media, sometimes take my tweets as their own and uses them for their own purposes and content without giving me credit. That's fine. Guess what? I like being a puppet master. It's fine. She then tweets after my tweet, tell me you've never heard of clever brands using Twitter like Stakeum and many others over the years without telling me you've never heard of them. And then is shows Elon's tweet about McDonald's and Axe. Stakeum, Godspeed, responds. This is not huge, by the way. I mean, it's like nobody's really on Twitter anymore. So it's gotten like 50,000 views. This is not this is not viral. But for me, it brings me joy. Stakeham responded, tell me you're trying to stop hemorrhaging advertising dollars without telling me, <laughs> which is so great. Like you have the brands dissing Elon uh, to Kara, who is like the known sort of like poke monster for Elon and that whole crew. So it just brings me joy. It's very inside baseball. It's very silly. You know, I have said, I'll say it publicly. I, um, I tweeted when they announced this Linda as the CEO from NBC as the CEO of Twitter. And I, I announced public this is great for Twitter because I do think it's great. I think it's great that they're going to have a, a CEO and somebody who understands media and, and advertising and whatnot. I also think it's great because I, like many of us, love to sit back and eat the popcorn and watch what's going to inevitably happen and over under on this sort of blowing up and then having like a tell all interview about how awful it was in six to eight months is going to be 
chef's kiss. Can't wait. I'm going to get that caramel popcorn, sit back and have me a fun day. Okay, so moving on. The other fun viral moment I want to talk about was an interesting one because it was a crossover from TikTok to Twitter that actually got even more attention because of Twitter, but it started on TikTok. And it's sort of like, that's it. When that sort of thing happens again, it's like my favorite, favorite thing when like animals that should kill each other are best friends. And we see the videos of them on, on TikToks or Instagrams, you know, like a tiger has become best friends with a baby monkey and they are like, you know, our cat has become best friends with a mouse and they sleep together and they like cuddle. I love that. So when TikTok and Twitter sort of complement each other, it's like that. It's like these people, these services that should be killing each other and have nothing to do with one another are sort of integrated. And that brings me joy too. It's the little things. So in this case, it was a girl in New York. She looked like, I mean, frankly, it looked like my neighborhood. She looked like she was in the village in New York, but you know, anywhere that she's down a residential street in New York. And she saw this blue bubble couch that was sitting on the side of, of like up against a, on a curb, obviously being put out for garbage. And it was up against a tree and she could not believe her luck. She's like, this is my dream couch. This is an $8,000 couch. This is me finding an $8,000 couch in the middle of the street. Here's a quick story time. It was pouring raining and I was walking home and I saw this couch in the middle of the street and I called my dad begging him to come pick it up because I couldn't just leave that couch there. The couch was very dirty so he said we had to clean it. See, that was me scrubbing my life away to make sure this couch gets as clean as possible. Fit perfectly in my apartment. Now, in her mind, the, it was from this, you know, this very trendy. We've all seen these bubble couches everywhere. I frankly can't take them because like, I don't like these trendy types of things. But I mean, if you had told me that couch was $8,000 in a store, I would have been like, well, spend your money elsewhere. Like, that's not worth it. But this was somebody with a design eye and she really wanted this couch and she was convinced it was this $8,000 Roche how do you guys say it? Is it Roche Beaubois? I always think it's La Roche Posay, but that's the candy. I'm always like, it's the La Roche Posay couch, but it's not. It's Roche Beaubois, B-O-B-O-I-S. I took a thousand years of French. I, I have no idea. Roche Beaubois. That's what I'm going to say it is. I, again, come at me. Tell me that I'm saying it wrong. The thousand years of French have done me little, clearly. I remember seeing these ads as a kid in like magazines that my parents read and being like, Ooh, that's so fancy. I don't want, and a lot of people have, I know they're very trendy, those like stackable couches. So this is the bubble couch she thinks. And so she's like, come with me guys on her TikTok, And as I call my dad and have him come and pick up this couch and we're going to clean it up. We're going to get into that. So she then shows the dad and the friends, family power washing this couch, getting all the disgustingness that was on that couch off. And she couldn't believe her luck that she was able to basically thrift this couch, find it garbage. Somebody's garbage is somebody else's treasure, brings it, puts it in her living room and voila. Well, the internets went, they lost their minds. So Somebody then saved that TikTok and put it on Twitter, which is where everything took like a, another level. But let's be clear. 
there was a lot of questions about bed bugs. Lots of people really focused in on the bed bug sitch. Like, what are you doing? And bed bugs, by the way, require a lot more than just the cleaning. Like you have to, you have to like boil that shit for those bed bugs to go away. It's not just like throwing something in the wash and a bed bug is like a cockroach. They're not going anywhere. So there was lots of questions about that. There's also the inevitable thoughts around bodily fluids. Yum. <laughs> I... <laughs> I have to say, as somebody that walked, I mean, I walked the streets of New York. It sounds like I was a woman of the night, but fine. I walked many streets of New York, many hours of many days of many years of my life. You see a lot of things, and especially with a dog, because I'm more, when I was just walking, when it was out without a dog, I wasn't paying attention. It's sort of like when you're being driven by somebody, you don't pay attention, then all of a sudden you have to drive yourself in that place. You're like, where the fuck am I going? So that was like it. Now that I had a dog, I paid attention to things that were happening around me in ways I did not know. Forgetting about my own dog. Like my dog peed all over that couch, I'm sure. My dog did lots of things to that couch. But it's the things that I saw at like five o'clock in the morning when I'm walking that dog that I, you just don't believe humans can do. So like there, there are things that human beings do to things on the streets of New York that just, let's say if I were to walk by a, somebody left and I could tell with my eagle eye precision that it was a $40,000 Birkin being thrown away, that's a bag. Uh, I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't take it. I wouldn't grab it. I wouldn't put gloves on it. There's not amount. I just psychologically, it would haunt me. It would be in my closet. I don't care how cleaned it was. And it would always be that like, did somebody poop on this bag bag? So anyway, I digress. The bag or the couch <laughs> turns out to be a dupe because the, you know, leave it to the internet, whether you're on TikTok or Twitter, the investigators go crazy. And they found that it was from a store like that was like, I think it, I don't know, some dupe store. And it was about a $500 couch and pretty easy to find. And they showed the the fabric, they broke it down to the type of fabric it was. And then the memes came and it was so funny. Like this one, this one tweet said, yesterday I had to say goodbye to my $8,000 couch because I found 2 million individual bed bugs and three different colonies of bacteria inside of it. And it stinks really bad. I left it on the sidewalk for garbage collection, broken heart. Another one said, has anyone seen this couch? Someone accidentally spilled invasive big head carp blood samples all over it. So we left it out to dry and now it's gone. We need it for the break room. Give it back. Another one. Has anyone seen my heavily squirted on couch? I put it on the sidewalk to dry this morning and now it's gone. It looks like this. And then the last one I'll read. Heard the craziest story last night at a party. Buddy of mine found this $8,000 couch in an abandoned building, took it home and found it's haunted. The ghost of a Victorian child would rise off it every night at 3 a.m., stare at him blankly. He threw the couch on the sidewalk last week. <laughs> Just, I mean, I love, I love the internet. It really, there's so many funny things. And then I, I'll leave you with this because I'll put the link in it. Like, honestly, I've never laughed so hard but the great chicken wars of tick the great what what is it's the the tick no see i can't even get it right because it's such a mouthful it's like the great tiktok chicken wars of 2023 yes i got it i got it the great 
TikTok chicken war of 2023. And I am telling you guys, we'll put some, we'll put a compilation TikTok in the uh, notes. It is so funny. And one of the reasons why I love TikTok, and I've said this, I love TikTok. I, TikTok is addictive, 1000%. It's probably, you know, being brainwashing us in some way. Do I think that TikTok should have a US owner, not just a CEO, but an owner? I do. I actually do. I think like, you know, these companies that are really invested in China, like you're seeing like Sequoia Capital just broke off into three different businesses. You sort of have to do that in this day and age. But I, I love TikTok. I hope that we can keep TikTok. I think Montana's stupid for banning it. That's not, that's not going to work um, for five children that live in, in Montana, but um, sorry, no offense to Montana. It's a beautiful state, but come on, it's silly. It's like footloose as a state. But I, uh, I, I love TikTok. And one of the things that I love about it is the ability to bring people together. So one person who has a bunch of chickens starts talking about the chickens, like I'm going to start a war and the chick, their chick, they have like a farm of chickens and the chickens are behind them. And then this other person stitches them, which is one of the, the ways you can make TikToks. You can sort of duet somebody where it's side by side or have somebody's video and then you go on like behind their video and you, you follow up and they're like, Oh yeah, well look at my army of their, like they have twice as many chickens. And then somebody else comes in and they're like, look at all my chickens, but they're all baby chickens. And they're like, I'll be there in eight weeks. And then somebody else has a giant rooster and is like, I don't even know what you get bitches are talking about. And then you have an Irish guy on a farm and like, I don't know, like somewhere in Wicklow, I imagine, with like a thousand beautiful looking chickens, by the way, because they're so much better in Ireland than they are in America. Everything is better in Ireland, by the way. And then you have like some guy who's like literally turned it into a war with a forest and he's got like a sword and he's charging ahead with all of his chickens following him. It's so funny and has dramatic music to it. You better watch out there, pal. Give my posse here on our way to kick some ass and take some names here. Oh, it's on like Donkey Kong. Out here getting the squad trained up and ready. It just makes you laugh. It's so dumb. It's so funny. You have these like random kids in like farms all around the Midwest in America that are in charge of managing the the chickens in these farms and it's and then around the world. I loved it. And that, my friends, is the power of pop culture. So enjoy. Um, we're going to call it at that. I'm going to do my Mary make out and mute right now. I am going to marry, I'm going to marry the, all the chicken war guys because, and girls, they're just so, they're just so innocent and fun and loving. And it shows that they care about their chickens. I know that sounds so crazy, but I, I love them all. I really, really do. And I am going to make out with, I have this, this pad that I got in San Francisco just look, I'm showing you, David, it's got Pedro Pascal on it. And it says, daddy is a state of mind with Pedro Pascal in a pink suit with lots of heart emojis all around him. 
I know many people listening to this who have made out with Pedro Pascal or know people who have made out with Pedro Pascal and I would like, though I don't think I am his type, would like to be added to the list of making out with Pedro Pascal. Just his talent alone. He is still my number one. I know he's many of our number ones. And then Mute. Oh my God, there's so many. But I really, I want to, I want to mute the anti-vaxxers, these Robert Kennedy getting his all jollies up in the row with Jack Dorsey. Again, the nausea. Immediately the bile starts coming up through my throat. I want to mute the, the, the Santis couple. You know, we're going to get back to the day, guys. We're going to get to a day where we're going to be like, remember that Donald Trump? He was hilarious. <laughs> he was adorable compared to where we're fucking headed. Just FYI. So with that, have a lovely week for those of my friends in New York, as much as I miss you. And I wish that I was like out, I wouldn't be out having a martini with you right now because we would be sequestered, locked in again to our our apartments and homes. So stay safe, everyone. I love you lots and have a wonderful rest of your week. And I'll see you next Thursday. Pop culture.